Coming up, we're talking inflation, staffing, and the still lingering supply chain with the Haunted Attraction Association Board of Directors. Welcome to the show. I'm Philip. On the Haunted Attraction Network podcast, we bring the haunt industry to you every weekday. We have news, education, and on-location coverage from Halloween experiences around the world. Whether you're a professional or enthusiast, each episode helps you better prepare for Halloween. Outside of this podcast, we have videos, education, and even events. Links to everything we do are in the show notes. Okay, as I mentioned yesterday, I went on location last weekend to the second annual Idaho Halloween and Horror Convention. On Saturday, I had the opportunity to conduct a live interview with three board members from the Haunted Attraction Association, board president Spencer Terry, Krista Brower-Wood, and Brent Wilson. And I didn't go easy on them as we touched on the toughest subjects facing haunts for this Halloween season. Today, I'm presenting you the audio from the live interview. If you want to catch the video portion of their presentation, we'll be posting that later next week on our social media. Enjoy. So the first thing I want to talk about is the impending recession and or inflation. What are you doing to prepare for those two things? Do you see it hitting your communities? And if so, what are you doing about it? Again, I'm based in Idaho Falls. And one of the, one of the good things we have going for us is a very stable employment base. Most of our employment is through the Idaho National Laboratory or the, the Bureau of Land Management or U.S. Forest Service. So we have a lot of stable government employment. So we're not too concerned about inflation. It's gonna, I think we're going to be better off than the nation as a whole is. Uh, we were going to increase, increase prices through dynamic pricing uh, because we had such huge lines on Saturday nights in October. We've decided not to do that, and instead we're doing time ticketing to help alleviate some of those crowd concerns. Um, but yeah, we're, this is not the year for us to increase our prices through dynamic pricing. So you didn't increase prices at all, and did you raise wages at all? Uh, no, I mean, most of, our, most of our haunt actors and staff members are volunteers because we are a nonprofit. Um, so we're pretty much just holding firm at last year's prices. <laughs> you know I love interviews. <laughs> Um, we did raise our price, but we raised it by a dollar, and that goes towards our employees. Um, we're, we're only $19 to get in for 13 and over and 14 for uh, 12 and under. But we, our main thing is taking care of our actors and making sure our actors are taken care of. We started our haunt, namely just to bring something to Caldwell because Caldwell was not doing well, and we wanted families to be able to come and have fun and do something. So... Our main thing is taking care of our actors. We're not worried about us alone, our haunt, because we know that we keep people coming. We do time ticketing also, so we know how many people come in, how many we can get in through the door. And for us, um, to answer the question about both inflation, I think inflation and pay, I think, are going to go hand in hand in communities, large and small. Um, for us specifically in Salt Lake City, we did increase our ticket prices. Ticket prices went up $3. They went up $2 last year. Um, so we're looking at a $5 increase in two years, which we know is substantial, um, but it's something that we knew was worth doing. Um, all of that money is going directly into our payroll. So uh, within the last three years, we've increased payroll almost $300,000. And so the idea, but we also have 400 employees. And so the idea is that we wanna take that money and we're, we know that we're going to have to take it from customers, so how do we give that back to our staff so that we're able to raise the bar on expectations and actors and costumes, uh, and we're able to then also provide more staff for year-round jobs 
um, and get extra FTEs um, is a company. So prices are raising, but I think everything else is too. Okay, so you mentioned staffing. The other question I had, of course, is we, you know, we, we kind of just got out of the pandemic and we, uh, last year we had a lot of haunts that couldn't open and that kind of affected their staffing levels because you couldn't open, you couldn't keep your full-time staff or whatnot. And so every entertainment industry is struggling still with staffing to fully ramp up. Are you struggling with staffing? And if you are, what are you doing to encourage bigger retention with your cast? So we're a nonprofit haunt, and historically we've we've had volunteer actors, but that's a very good point. We are definitely struggling with staffing, and one thing we're implementing this year is uh, some of our sponsors have agreed to a cash bonus at the end of the season for actors that actually show up. Every, we're open 18 nights. If you show up all 18 nights, you're going to get a substantial cash cash bonus at the end of the season, and we're implementing that this year because staffing is such an issue. So my hat on... At our haunt, we don't have the problem with staffing, which is really odd. Um, I keep majority of my crew every year. I do lose a couple for college, but I usually make it up um, within the summer. We start training next week right off. Uh, we run about 50 actors a night. Um, hasn't been much of a problem for us. I don't know why. <laughs> it's a good thing. Yeah. Uh, similarly, for us with Krista, um, at Fear Factory in Salt Lake City, we have about 120, 140 actors live show every night. Um, I can't say that we're having a hard time recruiting, uh, and part of it, I think, is pay. I think, w I mean, if you can make $15 an hour, do what you love, and get a $5 an hour increase at the end of the season, again, through some help with some sponsors and some other con um, conditions with money, it's working out really well. So I think, um, and our, I think at the end of the day, you know, if you can create a space where people love what they do, they're gonna come, they're gonna come have fun with you anyway. The pay is really just an added, an added perk. So, but that said, I think doing something even for volunteers, that's a really great idea because then you're still able to guarantee your numbers and what you need to operate, but you're also able to do something really cool at the end of the year. So. We have had this uh, unusual period where due to pent up demand, we've had a lot of houses selling out. It's kind of like if haunted houses were able to open the last few years, they've had record numbers, record revenue come in. So I think that we're still seeing that wave in most areas, but we have seen a lot of data showing that that wave is going to peter out next year and then especially in 2025. And some of the larger venues like theme parks are of course planning to have new stuff open in 2025. But as smaller attractions, we don't have you know millions of dollars and, and stockholder money. So what do what are you all doing to think about that demand? Are you are you thinking about maybe it dipping and making a plan for that, or you're, what what are you seeing in your attractions? Well, at, at the local level, you know what we're seeing is that everybody post COVID was dying to get out and have a good time, and the demand for immersive entertainment was substantial, and so. From what we're seeing, that hasn't abated. It's it's only getting stronger. I think people don't take experiences like that for granted after COVID, and so we're uh, we're adjusting the time ticketing to to increase our throughput and 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 productivity and effectiveness and efficiency, um, and um, we're changing the way we we stack our queue line because we're we're seeing the demand increase. We're not seeing it go away. We just had a summer event. And we had near record numbers. We had numbers in May that were comparable to the last two weekends of October. 
Um, so we're not seeing a debate at our end. I'm the same way with him. Our, we did Friday the 13th of May, and we sold out completely. We do time ticketing. We know how many people we can get in and out of the door. Uh, it hasn't been much of a problem for us um, on that aspect, I don't think. I would agree, echo that. I think um, as we looked at you know where 2020 was and we kind of you know were able to get that that ride of the wave, I kind of feel like we're a, we're taking a little bit of a dip, but I do think that's going to slowly plateau out. Um, our data is showing the same thing. There is a decline, um, but I think folks in general, we know during pandemics, entertainment does pretty well because even if the world is horrible and and disgusting and it. it you know, nobody wants to go out for whatever reason. Everyone wants to still have fun. They still want to have entertainment. And so because of that, um, we ride that wave where we can. And I think there are strategic movements involved for us. Certainly, it's the same thing. We're still updating small parts of our haunted house. And in 2024, end of 2024 season, 2025 season, we have a big rollout as well. Because same thing. Like, we want to be able to, we want to continue that plateau. I don't want to see that drop anymore. So however we can keep more people, we can. And same thing for us. Our numbers were up. Uh, during COVID, certainly they did went down a little bit, but they increased in 2022, and I think they'll hold substantially. Supply chains. We have talked a lot about supply chains over the past few years, and it hasn't gone away. Still supply chain problems. There are still foggers that are not being delivered and props that you've been waiting years on. So what are you doing to combat that? Are you designing around it, or did you already design around it, or how are you combating supply chain concerns? As he looks at me, I'm waiting on a prop that was bought over last Trans World season that I still haven't received yet. Um, and that's, we've, I've dealt with the vendor before, and so we've got, we've worked things out and stuff. But most of the guys, we, when we're at the trade show and we buy our, our products, our different items from them, we let them know when we need to have them by. And most of the time they get them here on time. Um, I have, I've had one that showed up after my season a couple of years ago. I don't work with that vendor anymore <laughs> just because of that. Um, but I do ghost ride. I get a lot of stuff from here because he is local and I can just drive down and get it. So that cuts out my supply chain problem. But my ones that I needed from far away have already gotten to me. It's required a lot of creativity and sourcing materials. Uh, for example, we have a scene that has kind of a, a hospital subway tile vibe and to get subway tile uh, boards delivered, we had to look all over the country and pay double what we normally pay. Um, and it took longer to get here. I also have a vendor. I placed an order in November of last year, and it still hasn't come in yet. It's a large order. I called the vendor last week, and he was like, look, buddy, you're, everything we can do is done. We were waiting on an order from Asia of posable mannequin forms, and you'll have your order long before you open. But, you know, an order from November should have been filled within two, three months. Uh, and it's not the vendor's fault. Everybody's dealing with it, as you know. So, Yeah, I, I, would, I agree. It's not the vendor's fault at the end of the day. The supply chain is impacting all of us, whether we're eating at Subway to if it's a restaurant, if it's an entertainment space. Uh, our vendors, you know, we had a massive uh, shortage supply of latex for about, was that almost six, seven months? And so vendors, I mean, in the, our industry, latex is oxygen. Like we are using it consistently. Same with silicone. There was a silicone shortage for a little bit. And so I think all of those shortages are impacting, um, are impacting our vendors and certainly the supply chain. Same thing, speaking of Michael at Ghost Ride, um, I mean, 
I'm always jealous because Boise has Ghostwriter like right here. Like I'm like ah because they're one of the best that we have. And Michael's not here. Like he's not here because he's literally. I I texted him last night at 10 p.m. and he's still at the shop. They're running 20 hour days to get ready and just pushing out product as fast as they can because as soon as they get it in, then they've got a team standing by and ready to go to use that product to get it and then they run out of that product because they couldn't get it, a lot of it in the first place and they have to wait for the next round. And So it's there's a, there's a lot. But I think we're all being creative in how we plan ahead um, and how we get creative on our own properties as well. Sometimes it means we have to create something that we would normally buy um, or purchase, and so we do that in-house now. So it's a little bit of everything, but I think our vendors, not, I think our vendors have actually been doing really well. Like hearing how other industries, their supply chains are much worse than ours. So um, props to our vendors. So good question. And that's it for today. We'll catch you back here on Monday for our regular segment of Green Tag. And just a reminder that if you want to watch the video portion of the presentation, that's going up shortly on our social media. Today's episode was produced and edited by me, Philip Hernandez, with post-production by David Swope. Support for this episode comes from Gantam Lighting and Controls. See what you're missing with a free demo. Sign up at gantam.com demo. We release a free weekly industry newsletter. Sign up on our website or at the link in our show notes. The Haunted Attraction Network team includes Daryl Plunkey, Emily Louise Rua, Megan Spells, Gavin Burns, and Maximus Bryant. Our partner stations include A Scott in the Dark, Scare Track, The Scare Factor, and Haunt Topic Radio. Finally, please, please, please rate and subscribe to our show wherever you're listening. And until next time, Haunters, stay scary. This is a Haunted Attraction Network production.